You're listening to episode number 81 of The Green Elephant in the Room. This is your host, Eco Rico, and this is part two of three episodes about the most dangerous organization in the world, the United States Republican Party. Less than a decade ago, Republicans, while on the conservative side, were a legitimate and common-sense political party that worked with the Democrats to pass legislation that helped the American people. Those days are over. As we reported in our last episode, number 80, there has been a hard right-wing turn to appease their conspiracy-addled MAGA-based voters. They have adopted radical positions on culture war and woke issues, from Bud Light to bathrooms. In a shift from past election cycles, many of the Republican candidates acknowledge that climate change is real. But even as heat waves, floods, wildfires, and other weather-related disasters become more frequent and severe, few acknowledge the seriousness of climate change and most of them reject transitioning the United States to renewable energy. Most champion the production of fossil fuels, which are chiefly responsible for warming the planet. These policy positions are causing irreversible damage to the global climate. They are an extreme and dire threat to humans, animals, and plant life, the whole of creation. Sound over the top? Listen in as we make the case in this and the next episode. As a note of clarification, the Republican Party is often referred to as the GOP, which ironically stands for the Grand Old Party. They were christened this by a newspaper reporter some 150 years ago after a major election victory. We will occasionally be using the term GOP. Understanding climate denial used to seem easy. It was all about greed. Delve into the background of a politician pronouncing climate change a hoax, and you would almost always find major financial backing from the fossil fuel industry. True, greed is still a major factor in anti-environmentalism, but climate denial has also become a front in the culture wars with right-wingers rejecting the science in part because they dislike science in general and opposing action against climate solutions out of juvenile opposition to anything liberal support. And this cultural aspect of climate arguments has emerged at the worst possible moment, a moment when both the extreme danger from unchecked emissions and the path towards slashing those emissions are clearer than ever. With much of the country breaking repeated hottest month records and Florida experiencing water temperatures higher than body temperature, defending this denial nonsense is getting harder all the time. But the conservatives manage to anyway. At the same time, technological process in renewable energy has made it possible to foresee major reductions in emissions at little or no cost in terms of economic growth and living standards. Thanks to the revolution in renewable technology, energy experts believe that this all-gain, no-pain approach will have major effects in reducing greenhouse gas emissions. But not if the Republicans can help it.
Collective climate change denial in the Republican Party is not new. But as the overwhelming evidence of human-caused climate change become all the more apparent in our lives, the conservatives claim are becoming increasingly audacious. But as usual, GOP climate deniers are quick to dismiss the dire impacts. Here's just a few ridiculous quotes from party members. Asked if extreme heat is linked to climate change, Senator John Kennedy, Republican Louisiana, said, I don't think anybody knows. When asked about the punishing heat this summer, Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican Alabama, said, There is a very scientific word for this. It's called summer. It's no hotter now than it's ever been. I've been in this heat all my life, in July and August as a football coach. This world is not heating up. Come on. Tuberville coached college football before entering politics and has no apparent scientific background. Yet, the lack of knowledge in the field doesn't keep him from confidently poo-pooing the work of thousands of scientists around the world. Earlier this summer, as much of the U.S. Northeast was blanketed in thick smoke from Canadian wildfires, Tuberville used a similar response. We've had fires all our life. Come on! When asked about the link between human-induced global warming and the crushing heat, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, Republican Louisiana, countered, Only in Washington will they try to find an excuse to take something that's been going on for hundreds of years to promote their crazy left agenda. He went on, Southern Louisiana, it's always been hot. Thank God for air conditioning. Senator Tim Scott, Republican, South Carolina, who is running for president, said, It's ridiculous to talk about a climate emergency when the country is facing an emergency at its southern border. This is tinfoil hat territory. Meanwhile, the Republican Party is attacking the Biden administration's efforts to make home appliances, including air conditioners and dishwashers, more efficient. Fox News and other right-wing media have dutifully dubbed the federal effort as Biden's war on appliances. Increasing the production of planet-warming fossil fuels, inevitably driving temperatures even higher, and then escaping that heat with an inefficient air conditioner, that's the future the GOP is fighting for. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said in an interview, stronger hurricanes, just part of life. This is something that is a fact of life in the Sunshine State. I've always rejected the politicalization of the weather. Fact checked, climate change drives the warming ocean waters. Fox News commentator Laura Ingram on her show said, Record heat? It's normal. It's hot, 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 all right. After all, we're in the middle of a season called summer. Fact check. More than 3,000 temperature records were shattered in the U.S. for the month of July alone, something scientists say would be impossible without human-caused climate change. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, Republican Oklahoma, declared, Forest fires? Nature naturally burns itself off every 11 years with natural disaster forest fires. Fact check. The severity of wildfires, such as the historic blazes in Canada this year, are fueled by poor forest management practices and drought primed by climate change. <laughs>
Mike Pence said, we have to be able to tell some of the radical environmentalists that you've got to harvest some of the trees in the forest to keep the forest healthy. Fact check. Trees have been around for over a billion years, and they managed to manage themselves long before we came onto the scene. If you take a moment and think about it, if you cut down a tree that is as tall as a 10-story building and replace it with a sapling that is the width of your hand, which one is going to be more effective as a carbon-sucking machine? Look, it's clear. If this is what smash-mouth Republicans are saying out loud in public, what they were implying is that thousands of scientists and the 195 governments signed onto the Paris Climate Accord are pulling a massive global scam to take away our freedoms. Stunningly stupid. More Americans are impacted by climate change than ever, and more and more voters recognize climate change is caused by human activity. Yet, climate change denial is not only alive and well in the GOP, it's become a lot more insidious and polarizing. Americans increasingly care about climate change policy unless you're asking the Republican voter base. The GOP's climate obsession is that it's liberal elites who want to worsen the average person's way of life through climate action. The party is making climate a culture war issue. Republicans have spent years hammering this message to their electorate and it has made a difference in the average Republican voter. Studies show that the GOP politicians' lies and distortions do impact how voters see the issue and it has chipped away at their voters' belief that the planet is warming and support for solutions. Republicans have become less concerned with global warming even as the effects have grown more pronounced in the last decade. And here's the scary part. Fewer Republicans think global warming is a result of human activity today than they did 20 years ago. There are serious consequences to all this, and the far right plans to translate climate denial into official federal policy that encourages fossil fuels and blocks a transition to clean energy should Trump or another right-wing Republican win the next presidential election. Let's take a look at a recent ruling from a staunch right-wing conservative group that is going to have major adverse effects on sensible environmental regulations for decades, the United States Supreme Court. After a half-century of painstaking restoration under the Clean Water Act, streams and wetlands nationwide were once again at risk of contamination by pollution and outright destruction as a result of a ruling earlier this year by the Supreme Court. It ruled that federally protected wetlands must be directly adjacent to a relatively permanent waterway connected to traditional interstate navigable waters such as a river or an ocean. The Environmental Protection Agency has long interpreted the Clean Water Act as protecting most of the nation's wetlands from pollution. But now the court has significantly limited the reach of the law, concluding that it precludes the agency from regulating discharge of pollution into wetlands. 
That effectively made thousands of wetlands and waterways off limits to any government pollution controls because they do not connect directly to larger bodies of water. At least half of the nation's wetlands could lose protection under this silly and simplistic ruling. It is the latest sign that many decision makers in Washington have lost touch with the increasing fragile state of the natural systems that provide drinking water, flood protection, and critical habitat for people and wildlife in every state. An acre of wetlands can store up to 1.5 million gallons of flood water, reducing downstream flooding and creating resilience to drought. With lawns and concrete replacing wetlands, there is nowhere for the record rainfall many areas have been experiencing to go but inside homes and businesses. The protections gutted by the court are vital. It's simple science. Water flows downhill, and you can't protect major rivers, lakes, and streams unless you also protect the headwaters that feed them. And those headwaters are often wetlands and small streams. We must protect the whole system to safeguard downstream communities and the environment. This is a very dangerous precedent because the court has appointed itself as the national decision maker on environmental policy. Last year, the Supreme Court limited the EPA's power in another landmark law when it ruled against the agency to regulate carbon emissions from power plants under the Clean Air Act. The Clean Water Act and the Clean Air Act have been the standard for over 50 years. They are the bedrock of environmental policy in this country. If you are old enough, as recently as the 1970s, you may remember many cities were blighted with smog and we had rivers that caught fire multiple times. And the EPA was formed to enforce them. And now they are slipping away. They are being restrained by the Supreme Court's disregard of science, the law, and basic common sense to put profits of polluters ahead of the health of our communities. Americans continue to show overwhelming support for strong clean air and water protections. A national poll last year found that more than four in five adults wanted the EPA to continue to take the lead to protect clean air and water. We should call the Supreme Court's retreat from protecting the environment for what it is, disgraceful. Another clear indicator that the GOP denialists are not interested in taking seriously any of the natural disasters and extreme environmental conditions that have become more commonplace around the world this summer are all the wacky conspiracy theories they are spinning out. Some claim falsely that the record-smashing heat waves blistering parts of North America, Europe, and Asia were normal, and that they had been sensationalized as part of a globalist hoax. Others made up tales that cloud-seeding airplanes or nearby dams rather than torrential rains had caused the unusually intense flooding in northern Italy and in places like Vermont and Rwanda. The devastating wildfire on Maui this summer produced especially ludicrous claims. Social media that racked up millions of views blamed the blaze on a directed energy weapon. I guess those Jewish space lasers are at it again. And as Florida was digging out from Hurricane Adalia, 
Some people claimed incorrectly online that such storms are not affected by fossil fuel emissions. The unfounded claims that now regularly follow natural disasters and dangerous weather, contradicting a preponderance of scientific evidence, can often seem frivolous and fantastical. They persist, however, attracting large audiences and frustrating climate experts who say the world has little time to evade a global warming catastrophe. The claims can start with blog posts paid for by the oil and gas industry or from rumors shared among neighbors. Online forums are filled with comments in multiple languages that reject both the science behind fossil fuel emissions and the scientists' authority. Sometimes they are amplified by top politicians and pundits. The Republican presidential candidate, Vivek Ramaswamy, for example, called climate change a hoax during the first primary debate recently, and none of the other Republican presidential candidates challenged him. This is a hot potato in the GOP. Yet, outright climate deniers are in a minority. 74% of Americans believe global warming is happening, versus 15% who do not. Experts said the tactics and tenor of climate denial have evolved. For decades, the oil and gas industry spent billions of dollars waging a coordinated and highly technical campaign to influence public opinion against climate science and then climate action. Recently, conspiracy theorists and extremists have operated in a more decentralized way, generating revenue through deceptive clickbait about global warming. The consequences from global warming are complex. Natural disasters and extreme weather events would still occur without it, although on a smaller scale. That helps fuel many of these false narratives that want to concoct explanations that shifted responsibility away from climate change toward a boogeyman like arsonist or Antifa or the elite. The thinking is blaming a specific enemy makes it easier to fight. You just have to get rid of the bad people that are making this happen and the problem goes away. This summer, conspiracy theories about climate change followed a familiar pattern. Scientists and other climate change experts are being besieged by personal attacks, including claims that they are shills for a globalist cabal or other shadowy forces. Or it's the Black Lives Matter movement or sabotage by eco-terrorists. This erodes trust in experts and traps everyone into bickering about who to blame rather than taking action. What is curious about that, global warming never does factor into any of these false theories that surge through popular social media. One of the grotesque aspects of this explosion of misinformation is that there's such an abundance of it that climate deniers, deceivers, and politicians have an endless well of foolish lunacy they can dip into and be even edgier than the next irrational influencer. The danger is not that people hold revolting views in and of themselves. It's more our inability to have a good faith conversation about these absolutely critical issues in the years ahead. In our opinion, we pay way too much attention to all this because it's often so shocking and preposterous that we can't help reading about it and commenting on it. The train wreck effect. 
It's hard to do, but we need to ignore it and pay attention to the absolute necessary work we need to do to protect our future selves. The modern Republican Party is hurtling toward fascism and it's taking our planetary systems down with it. We are witnessing the logical culmination of win-at-any-cost politics and Donald Trump has emboldened it. America no longer has two parties devoted to a democratic system of self-government. For the Trump Republicans, the ends justify whatever means they choose, including expelling lawmakers, rigging elections through gerrymandering, refusing to raise the debt ceiling, and denying the outcome of a legitimate presidential election. Without two parties committed to democratic means to resolve differences, the party committed to democracy is at a tactical disadvantage. If it is to survive, eventually it too will sacrifice democratic means to its own end. Donald Trump is not singularly responsible for this dangerous trend, but he has legitimized and encouraged the end justifies the means viciousness now pushing the GOP toward becoming the American fascist party. Several states have already changed election laws in ways making it harder for people in minority communities to vote and giving Republican legislatures greater power over election outcomes. And the most frustrating aspect of this whole sorry mess is, for the people who cry constantly about fake news, the Republican Party has become a party of fakers. That is, its congressional leaders laugh at Donald Trump contemptuously behind his back while swooning over him before the cameras. Republicans are determined to retain power by any means necessary because they know their policies do not align with the majority of Americans. Examples are radical abortion bans in half the states controlled by the GOP and student loan forgiveness, which is popular in opinion polls. It is so obvious that this is evidence that Democrats are much more in touch with public sentiment. Nothing in this world is perfect, but at least Democrats are fighting for a more perfect union. The Republicans are not. While there are many troubling exceptions, for most of America's history, we have been a shining example to the world of advancing civil rights and social justice. With a myriad of political problems we face, racism, sexism, inequality, and inclusion, we have been moving forward incrementally, but sometimes we stumble. It's often two steps forward, one step back. However, the path to social justice has made great strides in the last century. What is different now is the rapid altering of our planetary systems. Scientists have been warning us of the consequences for decades, as witnessed this summer. The real problem is, scientists have also warned us about the systematic climate tipping points, a critical threshold that, when crossed, leads to large and often irreversible changes in the climate system. The Republicans have a terrifying plan already written that could do just that. In the third and final installment of this podcast series, we will discuss the disastrous GOP plan that, if Trump 
or any other conservative Republican gets elected president will not only break democracy, but will break the planetary systems that support life on Earth. Sound scary? It is. With the American presidential election only about a year away, it could mark a fundamental shift on the future stability of the planet. This means we need all hands on deck. The Green Elephant has designed a comprehensive online encyclopedia of eco-solutions called A Call to Act. It is a well-organized, thoughtfully laid out resource of hundreds of climate groups to join and eco-action activities to be taken. It's packed with 49 categories, and just by looking at it, you will be inspired to see how many organizations and individuals are engaged in the good fight. In the context of what we have discussed in this podcast episode, we would like to highlight three of a call to act categories. Number one is entitled, Organizations You Can Join to Join the Fight. We do include how-to information for starting your own group, but truth be known, there are hundreds of legacy climate and eco-organizations that would welcome your help to engage in the important work of creating our fossil-free future world. We have listed them from legacy environmental organizations and specialized group that work with every aspect of planet restoration, including clean air, clean water, ocean protection, wetlands, rivers, national parks, wildlife, rewilding the planet, combating plastic pollution, fighting against fast fashion, sustainable agriculture, social eco-justice, and helping climate migrants. On this page, we have also featured specialized action groups such as indigenous, African-American, Latino, Jewish, creation care groups, youth, seasoned citizens, women, LGBTQ+, and more. Next, at number two, we have listed hundreds of community groups near you. We have broken them down into a variety of specialty categories, including many located near you or online. And one that is particularly salient at this moment is the Environmental Voter Project. This may sound stunning, but it's estimated that over 8 million environmentalists did not vote in the 2020 presidential election and over 12 million skipped the 2022 midterms. These numbers could easily swing elections, particularly given all the voter suppression activities in dozens of states. All the more reason to vote green. The Environmental Voter Project identifies millions of non-voting environmentalists and turns them into consistent green voters. Get involved. The EVP has rich volunteer activities from Albuquerque to Atlanta, a great organization that is making a difference. You will find a link to a call to act in the show notes.